There is nothing more central to Christianity than prayer because prayer is communication with our Lord and Master. Stay tuned while we plunge into discussion of prayer that's a little bit different than perhaps you've ever heard. Welcome. We're glad that you're with us on this Wednesday, September the 27th, 2023 uh, of the year of our Lord. And so we are excited that you're with us. We thank you for being with us, and we just want it to be a blessing. I mean, there's no charge. There's no, but uh, all things apostolic uh, usually has substance, substantive stuff on it. And uh, sometimes it's got news and sometimes it's got celebration and all kinds of things. But uh, today I want to talk to you about a very important subject in Christianity, but a subject that's got really, um, it's a a subject that needs to be talked about. And um, at different times, people involve themselves in this subject, but some people never really get it. So the subject is prayer. So there is probably nothing that is more central to living for God than is prayer. And prayer is uh, essential in Christianity because Christianity is a relational religion. It's not just a cognitive objective study. It is a relational religion, and the reason it's a relational religion is because its founder and Lord is resurrected, and he's alive, and living things have relationships, and people, which are on the highest order of living things on earth, are made in the image of God, which is the highest uh, uh, of anything in the universe, anywhere, And so there is a relational aspect, a communication aspect to Christianity that cannot be escaped. In fact, the very core of it is relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not memorizing a book. It's it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. The way we relate with him is we communicate. We talk, okay? And that talk, when it's man to God, is called prayer. So it's really important. For all of us, so I'm actually uh, I'm actually taking my outline from the Premier Study Bible. This lesson now I may include some things. It's not in the lesson that in the Bible, but this lesson is an article uh, that is in the Premier Study Bible. That is a profound revelation about the subject of prayer. I mean, you can read books about prayer, and some of them are just chiding us to pray, and uh, there's all kinds of things about prayer. But this article is brief, and um, it's more brief than all the stuff that we can get to like this. We can't put all this in the book, but uh, or the book would be this thick. Uh, However, it is a very, very powerful article on prayer. So if you haven't read it, I encourage you to. If you have read it, you will still enjoy this lesson because it's going to expand on some of those things. So there's different kinds of prayer. Now, we're not going to go into all of this, but there is praise, 
there is worship, there is thanksgiving, there is supplication, there is repentance, there is intercession, there is prayers of imprecation, imprecation, which means prayers of judgment. Uh, so you say, you mean you're going to pray judgment on somebody? Well, you may pray judgment on a situation. God, let your spirit smite whatever is holding back these good things for all these people that need this. God, smite that resistance. Okay, so that would be an imprecatory prayer. It's not necessarily against a person, uh, but it's against a uh, powers of darkness or maybe just powers of circumstance. So anyway, there's there's these and there's other words that are used for prayer also that could be included, but that's kind of a little uh, list for us. Now the Bible teaches us to pray, but the Bible also teaches us how to pray. And so the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, one of the immediate indications you see there is that Jesus prayed. And they saw the profound power of his presence, just even if he's walking around. Or they saw the profound power of his ministry, doing signs and wonders and miracles and teaching that was such that people said, never have we heard, even his enemies, never have we heard a man speak on this wise. And the Pharisees spoke with, um, uh, with scholarly uh, language and a scholarly approach. But the Bible says, but Jesus spoke with authority as though he owned and had full knowledge of what he was talking about. Because the truth is, he did own it, and he did have full knowledge. And whatever it was, he created it because he is God manifested in the flesh. And so uh, so it teaches us uh, to pray, and it teaches us how to pray. Today, we are talking a little bit about both, but primarily we are going to do a little research about prayer, and then we're going to try to explain how the Lord's Prayer, in starting in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, how does the Lord's Prayer teach us to pray and teach us how to pray? Okay, so this is not going to be some big, long, drawn-out thing, but, uh, but I think you'll enjoy it, and I think that it will help you. Uh, now, prayer is not, of course, you know this, but I'm going to say it again, is not mere words. But prayer is actually uh, a communication, and communication that is good communication oscillates uh, back and forth between uh, the God that you're praying to and yourself. And this oscillation in the, in the act of prayer is also between assertion, this is prayer, Prayer is assertion on one side, and prayer is submission or surrender on the other side. So when a person's praying, they're not always assertive. Or when a person's praying, they're not always saying, Lord, I just surrender my life to you. There's two sides to prayer. It's seen in the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit. 
because uh, you can see uh, assertion in the Lord's Prayer here that is found in Matthew chapter 6. He says uh, in praying, um, forgive us of our trespass. That's an assertive prayer. Forgive us of our trespass. Then here's a surrender prayer on the same subject. As we forgive others. So over here you're asserting yourself. Forgive us of our trespasses. Over here you're surrendering yourself as we forgive others. So there is this, there is this oscillation back and forth uh, between the two. When prayer starts out from the very beginning, he says, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. That's an assertive prayer. God, let your kingdom come. Let it come, God. Let it, let it move in our midst. Let, bring us revival. Bring deliverance to people. Let the good news of the gospel go. All of that is assertive prayer, okay? Thy kingdom come. It turns right around and goes to submission prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So here is a surrender prayer. So we are asserting. We can even see this when Jesus was praying. He said, if it be possible, he said, God, your will be done. But if it be possible, let this cup be removed from me. So there was, there was assertion and there was surrender. So all of this, um, uh, let me think of another part of the prayer. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And then the very next part is lead us not into temptation. So over here is assertion over here. Now this is, is, is surrender. Now this is seen um, in many, this is a much bigger lesson here uh, that applies to all of life, that life itself has a rhythm to it. And to the degree we live our life rhythmically or within the rhythm of life, uh, to that degree we're more effective, we get more done, we're more successful, we are more satisfied with our lives, there is more fulfillment in life. Uh, all of these things have to do with the rhythm. It's, it's, you can't always be working against the rhythm of life. You have to get in the flow of it. You can't control the rhythm of life. It's like somebody said, uh, uh, when I pet the cat, the fur all rises up. Well, turn the cat around, and then it'll all, it'll all smooth out. So uh, this, is a, this is just part of, before we really get into this, this is just part of what you realize. And in prayer, you're going to see that this rhythm is here in all of this. How does it start? And then where does it go? And you can see all of those different words for prayer, imprecation uh, uh, and repentance and uh, supplication and intercession and praise and worship and thanksgiving. And all of those are included in this process of rhythm. You see the rhythm everywhere in the universe. I'm not going to get off in all of this, but uh, this is why we call spring and weather. In climate, we call spring, spring, because things are springing. There's a rhythm. 
to how we live and to the environment on the earth. There's a reason we call fall, fall, because things are, they are relinquishing, they are surrendering, they are falling back, they're surrendering their leaves, they're surrendering their sap, they are, they are, they are going into getting ready for winter. And then in the spring, it's back. And then summer, when there's production, and then fall. And so this goes on. In fact, there's a scripture in Genesis chapter 9 where God makes a promise that as long as the earth is, there will be the seasons. So this, uh, this is, and it's seen, you can see it everywhere. You can see it in the human body, more pronounced in, uh, in women than in men. But there is a rhythm to how our bodies operate. And it's cyclical. And so uh, in prayer, this is true too. So how do we begin our prayers? So let's just look at this prayer and let's talk about how we begin. Well, the first thing we do is we begin with the word our. Now get this. This is in the article, okay? There is not one mention, not one use of a singular personal pronoun in the Lord's Prayer. Not one. Me, my, I, or or even plural, we, us, well, maybe we get there, but we never get we never get a singular one. Me, mine, my, I. It's never found in the Lord's Prayer. Think about that. He's teaching us to pray and he's teaching us how to pray. And there's never a singular reference. When we go to pray, oftentimes the first thing we say is, oh, God, my toe hurts. Oh, God, I've got a problem. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, and, and the first thing we do is we fixate on self. God's really telling us here, your self is not the primary thing in the universe. You need to get your priorities straight here. And so when we start, we start with our. So So Christianity is not a religion that can be lived in isolation. Christianity is a communal religion. The the whole of the people make up the body of Christ. And Paul says we are all members in particular. So that's one of the things you have to learn to become a successful Christian is you cannot live in some kind of isolation out here by yourself. It is a communal experience, communal. We are connected to the Word of God. We are connected to the Spirit with the Spirit of God. We're connected to God himself. We are connected to one another. His Spirit makes us brothers and sisters. We are family. Key is family. It is it is identified clearly as the family of God. And so when we pray, get this now, there's a sense when we pray that we are actually praying. Uh, for the whole body. That we cannot fully escape. It's like the prophets in the Old Testament at times were repenting for the whole nation. I mean, they weren't sinning, but they were part of the nation, and the nation was sinning. And so they were repenting for the whole nation. God, you see us. 
that we are a wicked people, we are a, we are a needy people, we are a sinful people. They, and they weren't personally that. They weren't saying, God, now those bunch of sinners, I'm not a sinner, but those bunch of sinners, they, they knew that they were part of a community. And so this is for one of the first things we find out about prayer. Although we're going to talk about this again tomorrow. Don't miss it.